Welcome back, everyone, to our latest episode of High School Transcript. This is your host, Rowan, joined here by... Bailey Bliss, and we're here with Miss Hendrickson and Miss Grody, learning about their friendship through high school, college, and later into teaching together. We hope you guys enjoy giving it a listen. Oh, you delegating? Oh. Okay. Um, yeah, it's your turn. My turn. <laughs> I don't want to start it. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, so, what were y'all like in high school? Miss Grody first. <laughs> well, okay, we're just starting right off with that. Yes. Um, high school, I... Okay, I was not a um, I was not a good student. We'll start with that. I was I was a great student all the way up till my sophomore year, and then um, I made friends and <laughs> started hanging out with them and not doing as well in school or my schoolwork. So I guess I was a little rebellious through high school. Um, but I also was in drama. I was a drama nerd, and I loved it. That was my favorite thing in the whole entire world. That was my outlet. And um, I don't know. What else do you want to know about that? Well, um, being in drama, did you do any, like, plays or musicals or anything? I did. I used to do a couple children's theater plays, oh, and cute. I did um, You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown. I was Lucy. <gasps> fun. So that was fun. That was my favorite. And then I played a pyromaniac in another one. That was fun. <laughs> was it a natural fit was or was fun. it was it a challenge? Was it a natural fit? It was scarily a natural fit. Yeah, it was all right. It was good. Lucy was more my thing, but it was fun. I liked I liked acting. I still do. I don't act in anything, just in class. <laughs> <laughs> Have you um, been to any of the shows here? Yeah. What was the last one we went to? Miss Hendrickson and I go to the shows together usually. Oh, shocking. That's shocking. Shocking. <laughs> shocking. So, yeah, I love going to the shows here. Do you remember which ones you went to? Yeah, the um, one that Mr. Van Bremen and Mr. Smith oh. were in. Yeah, the musical. Um, Fiddler. Fiddler. Fiddler on, Fiddler the, on the Roof. Fiddler on the Roof. That was the, yeah, it's been a while. That was oh, the last one. Oh, we went to Cake. We went to Cake. Oh, we did. That was just last year. We went to Cake. Yeah. Did we you like it? We usually go to It all. was good. <laughs> it was good. Carlin does a great job. We like his, uh, we like his production. So that's good. Fun. It's good yeah. to hear. Yeah. Um. So what was your guys's actually? Okay, hold on. I totally skipped Hendrickson. What were you like? <laughs> I was a good kid. I know nobody's gonna believe that, but I was a good kid. I was in band. I. I mean, like three periods a day. That kind of dedication. Dang. And uh, yeah, music and and um, keeping my grades up. Usually, I had a, usually mostly B's, a few A's. Every once in a while, a C in math. You know, hopefully, <laughs> <laughs> just math and I were just not. We didn't. So you started on the English teacher path pretty early on. You know what? I should have known very <laughs> early like, on in my life that I was going to be an English actually, that, major. That's a really funny story, actually. That is, they know I did too. I knew I was going to be an English teacher. That was you the did. only class that I passed all four years. Only <laughs> <laughs> yeah. with with A's. I like to clarify. A's. That's Mrs. With Grody A's. saying that that's the only class. I was like some of my students where I was a little afraid they were going to come grab me off of the graduation field and say, "Mm, mm not uh, you." Yeah. You're like, "Huh." Yeah, no. I was. Nope. <laughs> nope. I was like, I was a freshman in high school, and we were studying Romeo and Juliet, and um, which I didn't understand a single solitary word of the whole entire play the entire time that we were reading it. But I, I, I got the idea. You know, okay, two, two kids, they fell in love, got it. Okay, so at the end, my teacher wheeled in a television that she checked out from the library because, of course, our classrooms weren't fitted with all the technology that we have now. And um, since she had a seating chart in the classroom that went from the shortest kid in the front to the tallest kid in the back. And, of course, you know, I was in the back with um, two of my other friends, Brian Fox and Carrie Light. And just for us, she allowed us to come to the front of the classroom and sit on the floor to watch the actual um TV so we could see it closer. <laughs> okay, long story short. And so fast forward, we get to the end, you know, where they die. And um, I just started, where they die. I started bawling. 
And Brian Fox, who I had a crush on at the time, looked over at me and just pointed and laughed. And I was like, you're so insensitive. Look at this. Look at this story. I should have known in that moment that I was going to be an English major, but that's not what I pursued. I was, I, I was going to be a pilot. That's my, that was my initial goal because we were of the top gun generation and that was pretty cool. And so I was going to fly airplanes and then I uh, became, then everybody's like, oh, you know, you should go into science, science, there's more jobs in science. So then I decided I was going to go medicine and then realized through college, that's not what the right path was and ended up eventually getting to the place I was supposed to be, which was an English major, which sounds like a crazy story, but that's true. When did you know you were going to be an English teacher, Miss Grody? Um, actually, I did know in high, high school. I always knew I wanted to be a teacher from the time that I was actually very little. Um, I That was something I always wanted to do. And then in high school, I had a really inspiring English teacher named Mr. Githens, and um, mm -hmm. he just... The life that he brought to literature and the things that he taught um, taught us, it was more about real life and literature, like applying both of those things together. And I didn't have a very, I had a kind of a difficult childhood growing up. And so literature became that escape. And it's kind of where I found um, things that helped me through that that childhood. So I knew I wanted to be an English teacher then. But because I didn't do very well um, in high school, I had to figure out how to do that. And so I started at a junior college and uh, went to a couple of those actually before I transferred to Cal States and before I graduated. So it took me a long time just because of my situation and trying to figure out what I needed to do in order to obtain my goal of becoming an English teacher. So um, anyways, I usually like to tell my story when we're in class because I like to explain to my students that it does not um, matter where you came from. If you have a goal, there is a way to reach it, no matter what has happened to you in the past or what you've been through or any mistakes that you've made. There is a way, even if it takes you nine years to get through college like I did. <laughs> so um, and with life things happening in between. So but I always wanted to be a teacher. I was that kid when I was little, used to set up my stuffed animals in front of a chalkboard and I would teach them. Nerd. And then as I got older, <laughs> I realized it was English. I was, I was a nerd. And then I realized that it was English and, and literature that I wanted to teach, so. What did that transition look like from high school to college for you? What was that process? Mm -hmm. Uh, okay, well, it's rough, and it's a long story. I try to make it short, but we moved around a lot. Um, so the transition from high school to college, that's a hard question to answer. We moved, we moved from Orange County to Riverside right after high school, and so I, um, I went physically to Riverside Community College and enrolled in Riverside Community College with some classes. It was very hard to get classes. They were very impacted. I had to get on waiting lists and things like that. And um, I had to pay for college myself, so I had to find a full-time job. So I worked full-time during the day and I took my classes at night. And then my parents moved out of state and so I had to find a place to live and I moved down to, with a relative um, back to Orange County and I transferred to Fullerton Junior College and then finished out there and then transferred to Cal State. So it was a lot of transitions in my life. It's hard to say that there's just like one. I felt like I was transitioning a lot growing up. So, and I just kept going. I don't even think I really thought about it. I just kept going and doing what I needed to do. What was your favorite part about your college experience? <laughs> um, uh, that's a that oh, another hard question. Um, probably, well, I grew up so fast. I got married very young and had a kid very young. So uh, my favorite part about college was just really just enjoying the, the people that I met and my professors that I had, um, especially for my English classes. Um, I just enjoyed being a student. I really enjoyed being a student. Um, I would not go back to high school if I had to go back in my life, but I would go back to college and just take classes after classes because I loved being a student and being around other students and the conversations and my professors. Yeah. <laughs> for you, Ms. Hendrickson, what did that process from high school to ch uh, college look like for you? What was that transition like? Um, 
I too am a product of uh, junior college. Um, and, and I think it's a, we don't talk about junior college enough. You know, um, I, I graduated from high school when I was 17. So I, my parents, I had the grades and the requirements to go to a four year at the end of a graduation, but excuse me, my, neither one of my parents have a college education. Um, they're incredibly intelligent people and they're of the generation that, you, you know, People didn't just say that college was the only way to have a great career. You guys are kind of t told that, you know, and I'm not sure that that's a true statement, by the way. I want to say that and make sure that, that you know where I'm coming from. But um, my parents, they um, told me that college was an option if that's what I wanted to do. And um, but it was kind of um, a maturity issue for me. My parents saw that I, I wasn't quite ready for a four-year university environment, even though they hadn't been, you know, in in that situation themselves. They knew they knew me well enough to know that I needed to figure out how to navigate a few things on my own and hold a full-time uh, job and go to school because I I also was going to have to work and go to school at the same time. Um, we didn't have uh, we had enough. Um, in terms of you know food on the table and a roof over our heads and that type of thing, but. I was going to have to figure out a way to make college work financially. So I went uh, two years to a junior college and um, I had a great counselor there that made sure that all of my units were transferable, which anybody who's listening to this thinking about going the junior track, that's the secret to success is making sure you're not just taking random classes, but you're, you know, you have a plan in place when you enter a junior college on how you're going to exit because you can get lost in that system very, very quickly. And then at the end of that, um, I had a lot of options. I had a pretty good GPA at, at, at junior college and, and um, I had a lot of options. I thought maybe I might stay in California, and but my dad was getting ready to um, retire at that point in time and he knew he was gonna retire in Montana. This is where everybody always thinks I'm from Montana. Because, you know, they're like, oh, she wears all of the University of Montana stuff and I did. I, I eventually ended up at the University of Montana, but. Um, I actually grew up in the Imperial Valley um, and in El Centro, California, which is right next to Mexicali. So I grew up in a, a mostly um, Latino culture and um, it, it had a profound impact on me in a very positive way. And I was ready to try something a little bit different. My parents wanted me to go to college somewhere near them. And so they asked me to look at the University of Montana. I was like, no way, I'm not going. I, I want to be as far away as possible from my folks. I'm independent, you know, I'm staying in California, whatever. Took a road trip and um, they asked me, please just walk on campus at the University of Montana just to make us happy to see if you like it or whatever. And I did. And the minute that I walked on that campus, I knew I was supposed to be there. It's a um, you know, very f few schools, every single four-year university that you look at online or if, you know, you get a brochure from them or however they do it these days, there it looks all the same. It looks like kids who are sitting out in a patch of grass underneath a tree oh, and they're having a little, you know, like outside study session. And it's just like, it, it could be a college in the middle of the desert and there's no trees, but their brochure is going to have that picture on it. And so a lot of times kids kind of get sucked into the idea of that's what their college experience is going to be like. I can tell you at the university of Montana, that was my experience and it was phenomenal. Um, it was very, very difficult for me. Um, when I graduated from high school, I was reading at about the 10th grade level. Um, I had pretty I have a pretty significant processing disorder that makes me read very slowly. Uh, and um, I also have a pretty significant spelling disability. So I'm like statistically not what you would think of as an English major. And um, so when I transitioned into college, I think that was one of the things that my parents were concerned about was if my study skills and my study habits, they didn't know I had a processing disorder. I didn't know at that point I did either. So they, they, they kind of chalked it up as a maturity issue, but actually I, I think it was more of an academic issue. And that was the nice way of them saying, you know, you're not quite ready for a four year. When I got to the four year, 
whoa, I had some catching up to do very, very quickly. And I worked really, really hard. Um, I asked my dad to go to Costco and buy the biggest dictionary that they sold because my vocabulary was really, really weak and um, I needed a way to catch up. I needed to understand what the world was talking about around me. And so I had this system in the dictionary where when I heard a word that I didn't know, um, I would write it down, try to figure out how to spell it the best I could, then figure out, have somebody help me find it in the dictionary look up the definition, and every time um, I looked up that word, I put a dot next to it every time I looked it up. And so I had this system of if I got to three dots, I knew that word was going to be some, it was going to impact my world. So I needed to learn that word very quickly. And then if I got to five dots, I knew that I could not let that word go. And so I would study to make sure um, that I could survive inside of the conversation that was happening around me. And, um, you know, when I tell those stories to kids, the, the reason why I talk about it so much is because it's so important to understand that just because you have a struggle, like Miss Grody was talking about, you know, and in terms of what her struggle was, her life growing up had struggles. She, she, she doesn't have spelling issues. She could be like Miss Spelling Bee Queen. <laughs> That's one of the things that makes our friendship work is I can just say, hey, can you proofread this real quick for me? I edit everything. She edits everything of mine. And um, But anyway, um, if there's a will, there's a way. That's mainly what I'm saying here is, you know, I did fine as a pre-med student. I did well as a pre-med student. It was not a natural fit for me. I didn't enjoy it. didn't bring joy to my life. And then, but writing did. And so I decided that I needed to be where it brought joy. And then I figured out later that teaching, there was more to teaching than what you guys see in front of the classroom, especially with really effective teachers. It's an art form that they, it's a craft that they work at all the time. And that really intrigued me because it was a creative process. And then so from there, you know, I was kind of hooked and here we are. But um, my, tra my transition was rough. It was academically scarring in some places. But um, thankfully, I had mentors along the way that encouraged me. So what did yeah. that transition from college to teaching look like for you? Um, for me, so I, <laughs> I was 22 years old when I started teaching, when I entered the classroom, and I taught seniors, and they were 18. Oh, dang. So, <laughs> yeah. like, you're not that far <laughs> apart from them. It was bizarre. But so, ironically, uh, I go to a job fair at the University of Montana and land several offers, and one of the offers is all the way back down to the southern border and in Yuma, Arizona. So some of you guys probably know where Yuma is. It's kind of hot. Yeah. <laughs> Just a bit. Yeah. And at the time, too, I was a swim coach, and they were recruiting a swim coach. And I was more interested in coaching than teaching at the time. That flips about year four for me in teaching. But um, I get down there, and... <laughs> It was another rough transition. I moved 2,000 miles away from my family. They stayed in Montana, retired, and and um, I had to figure out life on my own again. And I, I very quickly learned that the best skill set inside of a classroom is to always remain human. And once you were human to the kids, you could really encourage them to... Um, understand that you weren't trying to make little like clones of yourself out of your students, you know, but instead you were trying to help them find their own path. And um, the transition in life was hard because <laughs> I everything that could go wrong my first year of teaching went wrong. Everything, everything went wrong. And it was a trial by fire, literally. In one case, our apartment complex caught on fire. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, it, it, it was, I mean, my car was stolen. I had my first experience with a kid overdosing in, oh, um, from drugs in front of my classroom. And I was like, there's, 
there's no training for that. <laughs> you know, where you're like, I didn't, I, okay, help. <laughs> you know, but, but you learn very quickly, you know, that the job is not just about which story to choose and how to teach it. In fact, that has very little to do with the job at all. What you do is you try to teach, you try to use your subject matter to teach about life. And the teachers who get that figured out quickly understand the biggest impact they can make on a kid. Yes, we like to teach math and English to them, and we love to see those kids who have those kind of passions for writing. It just kind of connects us a little differently. But the the real people that get this profession is I'm teaching these kids how to find that pathway they're looking for, and I'm using my subject matter to do that. It's not the other way around. And when when we have that prioritized opposite, usually things don't go very well inside of the classroom or the kid doesn't connect to the purpose of why they're there. And that, that's a really sad moment, for, for especially for high school students, because, you know, this is it. You, you get to your senior year, and it's time to to jump and it's scary. It's so incredibly, so I know I'm preaching to the choir, you know, <laughs> but if, if, if I can do it, if Miss Grody can do it, um, our paths look extremely different, but until we meet, yeah, until we meet until and we then meet. they look, at they Temesco look, Canyon. yeah, we met and at Temasco Canyon. Yeah. <laughs> and for, you know, it's, I'm telling you that if, if you, I love the podcast idea because I think what you're hearing is it wasn't easy for your teachers either. Right. I think you, if you if you find a common theme amongst most of us, it's going to be struggle is not avoidable. It's how you deal with the struggle that's going to get you to where you where you want to be. And and on that note, I promise I'll shut up and let Miss <laughs> Grody talk again. But I, you know, um, I think Miss Grody would also say this. I don't want to speak for you, but go ahead and agree with me. Um, so, but uh, you have to <laughs> teaching English at Lakeside is my dream job. Oh yeah, yeah. There there is no other place I want to do this job. I chose to be here, and um, I believe that we're making a difference. I believe that um, that that this is this is an. The, the, I, sometimes I think you guys look at your teachers and go, my gosh, you are a teacher at Lakeside. Great job getting to your dream. This is <laughs> my dream to be at this school. This is what we worked for. And and um, that's also why we complain about being on distance learning so much is because you know, my hands are tied in some ways that I can't I can't control. So sorry. Well, I do agree. <laughs> that's right. That's right, you do. <laughs> um, for you, Miss Grody, what did your transition from college to teaching? Oh, that was the like? question. That was, that the, was question. the question. I went the whole life journey. I'll just sit here. You and gave us some good that. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Some good we stuff. can use this. So, um, so my transition does look different than Miss Hendrickson's, but yeah, I didn't um, get married because I took like, right. What, how old are you when you got married? <laughs> 22, not that young, uh, yeah. not that young, but I young, was, young by today's standards. Teaching the kid that was. <laughs> <laughs> but we, um, my transition, I graduated college actually when I was 27 years old, and at that time there was a teacher shortage, and they needed teachers so badly that when I went to go sign up for my credential <laughs> program, the advisor that I talked to said, so you want a job? as I was trying to enter into a teacher credential program, and I said, well, sure, I'll take a job okay. teaching. He's like, yeah. And he called up a few principals and got me an interview for the next day, and I went over to Temesco Canyon, and I got hired on the spot two weeks before school started. I had, I did not have my teaching credential. I did, um, it was called an emergency credential. I did not have any substitute experience. I did not have any student teaching experience. They just, I don't know why they did this. It was not a good <laughs> idea, but they gave me a job <laughs> teaching. So um, my first step in the classroom at 27 was my first step into a classroom since I was in high school. And um, mm. and but the funniest part is is like Miss Hendrickson, it was the roughest first year. I don't think it matters if you have a credential or not. It was first year teaching. It was rough. Like her, everything that could go wrong 
went wrong from two fights in my classroom to a kid electrocuting himself. Um, I had a kid on, same thing, one of the kids on drugs that I had to catch. Um, it was just, it was a mess. And it was such a mess. I'm going to tell this part. <laughs> it was such a mess that after about a month of it, I actually packed up my entire classroom into my car and I wasn't going to come back. You're like, day. bye. <laughs> I done. was. I was Canceled. out of there. It's like, oop, big mistake. I'm out. <laughs> and, um, but then this is how, this is where our friendship comes in. But then I, um, I called Miss Hendrickson. No, actually, I met you out in the parking lot. I saw you with your car packed. You did. I was like, where are you going? Yeah. <laughs> like, you're going to leave me? all packed up for. <laughs> yeah. I said, I'm not coming back. And then I went home, and um, my husband and my mother-in-law talked mm -hmm. me into going back the next day because she was a teacher as well, and she's like, you need to go back. You can't just not go. And I didn't know how to call in for a sub. That's how new I was. I didn't even know how to call in for a sub. <laughs> so I was like, oh, my gosh, I have to go back. I don't even know how to call in for a sub. <laughs> So I went back, and then Miss Hendrickson came to my room and um, talked me through a lot of things. And we talked a lot about teaching and talked a lot about classroom management and talked just a lot about everything. And she became the person that um, really helped me through my first year and made me want to become better and do a better job. And I figured out pretty quickly the secret that she talked about as well of the making connections with your students and being human to them and um, treating them as humans and um, sharing myself and sharing um, my story as well to create that, um, to create those connections and that realness. Um, because I think it, I, I, like Ms. Hendrickson said, I think it's important that you guys see your teachers as human beings and see um, and learn about the struggles and the um, and the happy times and the successes, so that you have something to go off of in in your own lives. So, mm -hmm. but that's where our friendship started because she really helped me through that first year. And even though I did not unpack my car all year, I was ready to go at any moment. Um, <laughs> it's I true. Did, she needed a highlighter. She's like, I'll I be right did back. come back the next year, <laughs> and it was and it was the, the best thing that I've ever yeah. did because I can't imagine doing anything else. And um, mm -hmm. when Lakeside opened, I this became my dream job too. Mm -hmm. I love the students here. Um, I think we have the best students. I do too. I, I really do. So, and Thanks. I miss that. This year of distance learning <laughs> oh has gosh. been, I think that's why it's so hard on us for distance learning because we don't feel like we're able to make those connections and recreate that same thing that we have going on in our classroom. So yeah. um, I miss that. Yeah. I miss that. So why did you guys decide to come to Lakeside and teach here instead of staying at Temescal? <laughs> oh God, I'm scared. Well, Hold on, wait. <laughs> Lakeside's better. Just gonna, we're just going to keep it at that. Well, well. I'm not going to keep it at that. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, we, you know, um, well, first of all, there were about, uh, I, I think there were about 12 of us that came over yeah. from oh, wow. Temescal. Yes. Um, and a lot of them are still here. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of us kind of, you know, we bridged over, you know, I mean, anyway, the, there were things we wanted to try as educators and Temescal had the Temescal way of doing things. And so we were given an opportunity to come in and interview and show some of the different ways that we did things and some of the ideas of how we wanted to set up departments and, and collaboration and all kinds of things. And, and um, so we, we came over with the intent to do things differently than had been done traditionally in the district. And that's part of the legacy that still lives on, I think, on the undertow of our conversations with our teachers. We're never afraid to step outside of the box of what everybody else is doing. We'll come at things from very different angles. And that attitude, um, that legacy of that attitude for, from, for Lakeside came from the pocket of teachers right. that wanted to that we wanted to do something, you know. And that, it, was, it was exciting. It, it was, was so exciting. It was exciting to start a new school and be on the ground floor of creating yeah. things and creating new traditions and creating right. new 
um, a new legacy, yeah. you know, and it, that was exciting. It was a hard three years. It, it was there. There was nothing here. Nothing. You know, you'd open a closet. There was nothing in it. Literally, I'm not even speaking metaphorically. It was just extremely difficult. But, you know, within the first four years of Lakeside being open, we academically at that point in time were outperforming both Temescal and Elsinore. And, um, yeah. That's what's up. Yeah. What happened? Right. <laughs> and, and what's cool about right now is we are in a renaissance period, and that that's coming back to us. And there's a very passionate group of people and a, a great administrative team that's leaving that, leading that charge that's talking more about kids and the needs of kids than has been talked about for quite a while, to be quite honest with you, at Lakeside. So there's this this insurgence of energy and just ideas and creativity and and it's it's really an exciting time again at Lakeside. And um, I'm so thankful that it's happening now so that we yeah. get to see it happen, you know, instead of saying, Oh man, remember when? So it's kinda it's kinda neat. It's coming full circle for us. But um so we came over, and it did cause a rip between Temescal and Lakeside. You know, I won't spill all the tea, <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, I know you're going to put that in there. Spill it, spill it sister. You sip it. So anyway, but um, I think that 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 you know the the um, I think it created a healthy rivalry for quite some time. And then it kind of faded because, you know, it it didn't move forward in the way that it should have. And I think you I think you guys will see it come back in the next year again. So, yeah, it's, absolutely. It, but it was fun. It was it. That's the reason why we came was because we were the outliers. Yeah. And uh, we were wanting to do something different. So. Yeah. So hold on, hold on. Wait a minute. You're not going to let us go there, huh? Hold on. So basically the whole rivalry between Lakeside and Temescal started because teachers from Temescal left to come teach at Lakeside. Large portion of it. And also coaches. Also coaches (laughs) are okay. Yeah. Coaches too. too, The the, um, The first head football coach here was from Temescal, Mr. Mr. Cohen, <laughs> yeah, and uh, he, he and uh, and he had also Mr. Waters and Mr. Gilliland. Those were all Temescal seeds um, that were really excited to also build a, another program. So, yeah, that I would say that that was one of the major places it came from. And right. we didn't let him off the hook, by the way. You know, we I mean, literally any any opportunity that we got, it was. Green and green and gold was going to lead the charge on whatever, and Temescal. Yeah, there was going to be a rivalry Absolutely. anyway, just because it was a new, a new school, <laughs> and you know half their students were really our students. Yeah, their as students well. came here so too. Was, you know, it, there oh was wow, this, yeah, because the boundaries had to change, so there was you know yeah. a rift there too. And I remember when I told my students over there that I was coming here, they were like, mm-hmm. oh, Miss Grody, you're going to be so sad. You're going to hate it there. And the kids, like, yeah, okay, the kids sure. are so bad. They said so many things and it made me nervous. I was like, oh my gosh, yeah. is that right? And then I got over here and I was like, huh, what, what the heck? No, uh, this is the best school. The, our facilities are so much better and the kids are so much nicer. And yeah, it was, a, it, seriously, it was a way better Maybe I still think it's true. When when Lakeside opened, it only opened with uh, freshmen and sophomores. And the sophomores that were coming, I would say 75% of them were Temescal students. Maybe 25% were Elsinore. Very few Elsinore kids came to Lakeside because it's too too far, right? I mean, the the kids who live here um, were going to Temescal. So, you know, it, it created not only – I think actually the kids liked the fact that some of the Temescal teachers came here too, you know, because it was like, yeah, we're 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 going to take charge of this whole thing. So it was fun. It was really fun. It was fun. It was. Wow. You were really laughing at me. Start of a rivalry and it still goes on to this day. And we have yeah. Miss Hendrickson to blame. And- <laughs> yes. Hendrickson, Till- won't we name names? Hendrickson, Tillery, Van Bremen, Smith. Henrix. Henrix. Um, Ogden, 
Ogden. Grody, me, um, the list goes on. Ashton. <laughs> Lonnie Ashton, too. So, yeah. Dang. Mr. Oh. Perez, he's part of that legacy. He was a student of mine over at Temescal. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, look, he turned green and gold. Just saying. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> Flannery, yeah. Miss Weber was red. She was mm-hmm. Elsinore graduate. Yeah. They know where it's at. <laughs> they know where it's at. Except for the teachers that decided to leave for a bit. Right. I came back. You know what? Everybody's got to go try their dream. That's what That's that right. was. And then he came back and we we're like, heck yeah, I did. <laughs> so outside of school, you guys are best friends. Well, also inside of school, too. But. Do you guys still spend time together, like outside of school, like holidays and get-togethers and stuff? Just talking on the phone for hours. And hours, and hours. <laughs> I just go, yeah. You go ahead. You talk. <laughs> yeah, we do. We go walking. <laughs> We've done a lot of walking during COVID. <laughs> a lot of walking during COVID. <laughs> yeah. At least two, three times a week, we go walking together. Yeah. Um, we do spend, like Ms. Hendrickson said, we spend, we've been spending all our holidays together during yeah. this time. Um, yeah. Well, you know, oh, when I've I get gone, bored, I've I go gone over to there. Montana and visited her family yeah. before. So we've <laughs> done that. True. true. True story. Yeah. And and her mom's like my mom, and my parents are like, you know, another set of parents. And like we're, we're we really are that close. We it's, are. We really we both, are. We've both been around since our. Um, mm-hmm. Well, my son was three when we met, but mm-hmm. both of our. Uh, all, the, all the other kids, her two kids and um, my daughter, they've all grown up together. We've known each mm-hmm. other since before they were born. So, yeah. 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 I mean, uh, you know, some people think we're joking about, how, yeah, well, at school, you know, are they really that close or whatever? No. Well, it's, now they know. Yeah, they do. <laughs> they it's yes. out there. Yes, we are. We always joke in our classroom we're each other's only friend. Yeah. Well, there's true. truth to it. Yeah. <laughs> We're, we're asking Dr. True. Romero officially to go ahead and put um, a door in between our walls so we don't have to walk out in the hallways to, like, go between each other's classrooms, you know. And um, it's, it, it, you know, it, those of you who have had one of us or both of us or been in proximity of us, you know that we're always together. I mean, always together. And um, that really hasn't changed much during the pandemic even mm-hmm. if it's just, I think in the beginning calls. it was hard on us. In the beginning, because oh it was gosh. of all Separation the uncertainty, anxiety. we had separate. Yeah, we did well, not see each other for a yeah. couple of months. She'd leave gifts on my doorstep. I though. did. Oh, that's she left cute. me a gift on my doorstep, <laughs> and I ran out because I saw her car, like, no, no, and no. I ran out. We weren't supposed. That was when we really weren't supposed to see people. Yeah. I ran out anyway. I was like, no. <laughs> Hi. It's like a scene in a movie. Like, wait, yeah. wait, <laughs> come back. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I. You know, on a personal note, like we've been through professional struggles together, personal struggles together, anything you can think of. I mean, I just don't think I would have made it without Miss Grody, honestly, through things. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, no crying. Stop. (laughs) But uh, we were warned. Yeah. But she, she, you know, honestly, you know, if, if everybody could have. A friendship like this once in their life they they I don't know it's just it really is real in case anybody has ever wondered and I don't think they do we're pretty genuine people but you know it's just um, you, you you that's what you strive for in friendship is somebody that you would trust your own children with somebody ditto yeah <laughs> yeah so it's been pretty cool, and we have 900 more years until we retire. So you guys are going to be picking up with us for a long time. We have a lot of stories to go. Yeah, we do. A lot of trouble to make. As far as experiences <laughs> at Lakeside, what mm. has been the most memorable like moment or event, either good or bad, for both of you? Okay, give me a second. Uh, okay, because I'm just kind of on this senior thing right now, yeah, so yeah, yeah. You go that's for where it. my brain is at. Um, I think one of my ha- there's lots of memorable moments at Lakeside, but one of my I think happiest right now over the last four years was seeing um, just seeing my own daughter perform for the first time at the mm. pep rally her fresh her freshman year. Um, 
that was kind of one of most, my most proud moments because she was three when I started teaching. So her getting to drive to Lakeside with me every day and then getting to see her perform for the first time was probably a really proud moment. I'm in that senior mom thing right now where I'm like, <laughs> I'm excited and nervous and... Um, I'm there for you. Yeah, I know. I'm going to be there for you. I'm not going to I'm going to have you. empty nest syndrome so bad and I am in, not. in just a few months. <laughs> so I'm really having a hard time of it. But uh, Ms. Hendrickson knows. But um, yeah. so that's where my brain is at. So I keep thinking about Mackenzie and like her just the moments I've gotten to see with her throughout the last four years have been probably my most proud. But um, but there's also been uh, there's been lots of others um, as well, I think. I mean, every football game and seeing the students so excited and and cheering in the stands, and I always love that stuff. And I, I like watching the students do what you guys do. I'm always proud when I get to go see what you guys do, whether it's drama or band or the plays or this podcast or, I mean, all of it, the, the, all the different sports. Um, I'm always just, I, I love watching students do what they do. So I feel proud and, I, and it's memorable to me every time I get to see that. So, and then getting to watch your own kid do it is just um, even better. So, and my best friend's kid too. <laughs> so, yeah. Mm. What's yours? Okay, repeat the question again for me. Most memorable your most memorable moment. moment or event, either good or bad, good or um, bad. during your time at Lakeside. That's mm. <laughs> it's so hard, uh, not not to remember things, but because there's so many to things. pick one. There's so many things like, and it's always you know what? It's always the little things mm. that add up to a bigger I don't know like a bigger memory later on it's like a culmination mm-hmm. of all the things I had I love that moment we've had moments like um well I liked it a couple years ago my seniors all came into my room on the very last when we sang the sixth yeah it was sixth <sighs> period it was right before school was about it was their last yeah. day right before school was, was so gonna cool. end and they said it was like a big party they all were singing and we had music on and then like the last minute they counted down to the last minute of school and Aww. they did that because of something we watched earlier that year mm-hmm. this like they were, they were we're gonna do this Miss Grady and mm-hmm. they they counted down and then everyone was cheering and yelling and they they had that mm-hmm. high school moment which was really cool. Miss Hendrickson's had moments. Yes, I the have. standing. Yeah, uh, the graduating class of 2013. Um, <clears throat> I had this tradition. I, I I love transcendentalism, literature, Thoreau, Emerson. You know, those are my dudes. And uh, so I I I teach that. From the, I mean, I teach everything from the heart. I wear all my emotions on my sleeve, but that one is just, you know, like I, I love it. Well, there's a movie that I show with it. That I have shown every single year that I have taught. That's how old that movie is. It came out when I was in high school, and it's called Dead Poet Society. And because when I first became a teacher, I always wondered, like, could a teacher? have that big of an impact on students or is that just fiction? That was a thematic question I had posed for myself as an educator. And um, so I always I always show Dead Poets Society and usually cry through you and then they make fun of me, whatever. <laughs> so, and I don't care. But um, in 2013, I it was my first group that I taught the um, MSJC dual enrollment classes here on campus. And um, I had had this group of students for three years because I taught them as advanced 10. I taught them in AP Lang and then they entered my class in the dual enrollment. And I was working grading papers at, (laughs) at my desk and it got really, really super quiet, and I wasn't really paying attention to them because I thought they were signing yearbooks and stuff. And and somebody like cleared their throat and said, Miss H, Miss H, look up. And I looked up. And for those of you who have seen Dead Poet Society, the end of the movie has the kids ha- in honor of their teacher ha- are standing on top of their desks. And it has to do with the poem called Oh, Captain, My Captain. And they had orchestrated this. They, they brought all of the kids in that were in that program. And I looked up and those all those kids were up on those desks. 
and I never ugly cried uglier. (laughs) I mean, like, it was, they, they got it. It wasn't because they were standing on their desks. It's because the lesson was, it was accepted from, from me to them. So it was kind of their acknowledgement of that. That was a great moment. And that, that's, that's probably, I mean, I have so many great moments. I have had, been so incredibly blessed by the students I have had the honor to work with in my classrooms. And, I'm, and I mean that for all 15 years that I've been here, even this year, I feel yeah. there, there's kids that are just, it, it, why I say even this year, I mean because of the, you know, the computer screens and all that kind of stuff. I'm just so incredibly blessed. And um, so there's been a lot of them. I think one of my most memorable moments also, and this is not as happy or inspirational and when we lost uh, Mr. Moskowitz, uh, yeah. in, in um, he, he had, he, so I know that many kids know that the gym is named after some guy named Jason Moskowitz, but he was a, um, he was a principal here. He was here for three years and um, he was quite a character. He was just quite a character. He was. <laughs> he was fun to be around. He had a huge personality and you know so anyway he had only been gone a few months and his daughter still was a student here same graduating class by the way 2013 and when we got the news that morning that he had been killed in a car accident watching those kids do something so beautiful it was just complete community it was one of the most amazing learning moments I think as an adult watching these kids just their their humanity and their love for one another and what happened in terms of consoling each other over losing somebody that not only was just a principal here and had made his mark here but who had entrusted his daughter with us and um, it was just it was an incredible, incredible thing to watch. It was incredibly painful, but it was, it, the kids taught us a lot, yeah, I would did. say, in, in those weeks that we were dealing, when we were grieving months that we were de- grieving. But, it, you know, there's been so many, so many. The soccer team winning the CIF championship for the first time. It was the first athletic like ah, <laughs> lakeside, <laughs> we wanted you know that was beautiful. It's it's it, it, it's watching lakeside grow up. I think is the big memory. Just the trees that are out here when we first got here. You, you could literally just put one hand around the trunk of the tree. And I, if you have a metaphor for where our perspective is in terms of how we see lakeside, it's just it continues to just grow it's beautiful yeah but uh yeah blah 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 (laughs) (laughs) back to an english teacher question you get an essay yeah yeah just like i feel very moved right now i don't Mm. know how i'm supposed to respond yeah you know what let me tell you yeah i've told my kids this many many times and you guys can edit this out or whatever but honestly this this is important I've told my kids in distance learning, if distance learning has taught us nothing else, it's taught us how much we love being here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I sometimes I think those things come to us as a gift in it wrapped up in struggle because um, we've had many conversations in my classes about that it would be it would be a disservice to the struggle we have had that when we come back on campus, if we don't embrace what we were missing so much. And I, I feel that's the legacy of distance learning and what we're going through right now is maybe it was to serve as a reminder of how incredibly special Lakeside is and how grateful we should be to be in each other's presence again whenever we come back. Because um, 
we can't lose that lesson. I, it would be a lost opportunity, in my opinion, if we came back and did not acknowledge how much we really do enjoy each other. You know, sometimes we get bogged down in the high school stuff, the high school stuff. Who's mad at who? What are we wearing? Who, what, what, you know, and I'm not saying that that stuff doesn't hurt or it's not something we need to deal with, but there's a larger lesson here that, you know, let's, and, and I, I think it will, I think it's going to happen and we're all going to come back. We're all going to want to give each other hugs, but I've heard that's not okay, <laughs> but uh, whatever. But uh, that's that's what I'm hoping for. I think we're just going to really, really grow from this. I do. Yeah. I agree. Do you? Yeah, I agree. I think we complain and get so back to your transcendentalism thing. We mm. get caught up in all the little details that and don't all the little matter. things that don't matter. And um, hopefully we... We learned a lesson yeah. from that and just appreciate what we have. Absolutely. I mean, day. I get mad when my lessons don't work online. The button didn't work wrong. Yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> daily. <laughs> that's not what matters. What matters is what we're learning as people. Speaking of those students who miss you both so dearly, <laughs> um, that was not sarcastic. <laughs> it sounded a little sarcastic. It's a little depends on what day of the week it is. We have one student question. Well, we have a couple student questions, okay. but our first one is for both of you, and is what has inspired you both to um, participate and run National Honor Society? Oh, what a great question. That is a great question. I think, well, I think when we first started National Honor Society, most of the students that, I think we shared a lot of the students that were in National Honor Society, and it was another way to connect with the students and to celebrate them. We wanted to celebrate our students and um, celebrate their accomplishments, and we wanted to find ways to give back to the community. When we very first started it, we were um, making charitable gifts and helping um, the less fortunate in our community and doing and we'd like to get back to that too um, unfortunately these last couple years because of of the situation that we're in right now and the crisis that we're in we haven't been able to um, go further with do it. our service projects do our like service projects yeah. yeah so we started it back in I, I'm bad at the dates I'm bad at the dates. We started a long, long time ago. What year was it? 2006. 2006 is when we first started it's it. Right, and then I know. And then we had to, and then we actually stopped doing it for a little bit because of other life situations going on. And then we took it back over just a few years ago. Is it just a few? Or Dude, we've prior? been doing it a while. Oh, now, I guess. feels like yesterday. So, <laughs> so but then we took it back. I over. think National Honor Society too. It's just this. It's this standard of, you know, um, anybody who's hung out with uh, Miss Grody and I know that integrity is a big theme and a lot of stuff that we talk about. And we believe that National Honor Society upholds that pillar. Um, we also think that, like Miss Grody was saying, we should have more recognition and celebration and 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 sense of community. So that's what inspired us. And, and um it's, it's not an easy club to run because, um, you know, it's it, sometimes to kids it feels a little exclusive, like the application process and all that kind of stuff, which actually we don't have a whole lot of control over. Um, but the, the exciting part is to watch kids really take pride in being a part of something like that, right. especially whenever it's running at full tilt. Like right. when we were doing all the bathroom paintings, doing all the inspirational work inside of the our random weeks, our, our random, random weeks. acts of kindness. Yeah. And we also did a, a um, Christmas um, school project to make sure every, every single kid got a note uh, about um, the holidays before they went um, on Christmas break. I mean, just, just things that come from the heart, I think, you know, that's, if you're looking for a theme between Grody and I, it's, we don't, we do everything from our heart, every single thing. We come at it that way. So this question is for Miss Grody. Okay. They asked what type of plants you have. Oh, and <laughs> I know the answer. <laughs> and what your uh, current favorite song is. Why did they ask about plants? <laughs> you talk about your plants online. I don't. Do I don't you? Ta- I don't. You, do you talked you? about it yesterday after class. Oh my gosh. 
Okay. It was literally just one person. <laughs> well, two people, but. <laughs> All right. So, well, I. <laughs> She's a nerd That's about this stuff. Funny. She's a I nerd am. about this stuff. I love nature. And <laughs> that sounds so nerdy. Um, I love being in my backyard. And the one thing the last year that I really started, well, it started before COVID. Oh, well. All right. It started before COVID. I'm going to use COVID as an excuse. I started growing, um, I grow succulents, different kinds of succulents, and they're like cactus-type plants. They're easy to grow, so you, you can't, hard it's to hard, kill. To, they're hard to kill, <laughs> so they're perfect for me, but um, but yeah, oh my gosh, I'm such a nerd. I'm going to say something really, okay, so I like to grow succulents. Well, succulents, you know, have babies. They have more, <laughs> they have more succulents, <laughs> and so I repot them, so I have a whole <laughs> of different kinds of succulents in my background, my backyard. Oh my god, so bad. And she um, gives them away. And I do. I give them away as presents. <laughs> oh, I was gonna say, like, do you sell I them? I replant. No, I repot them and I give them away to presents. I've given them to Miss Hendrickson, her mom, uh, <laughs> my mom. Yeah. I also grow roses though too. I love roses. Also, I just I love growing things. I love. Um, I like gardening. <laughs> <laughs> sound like such an old person right now. And then they Not asked, at all. Who oh. asked that? They're getting a bad grade. <laughs> I can't get. I can't name names. But um, they also asked what your current favorite song is oh my too. God. My current favorite song? That's hard. Yeah. I I love. I love music, just period. Um, Justin Bieber's Holy. Oh my God! I do love Justin Bieber's Holy. <laughs> I'll out her. That's what best friends do. I do love that song. True, Rowan. I don't know if it's my favorite, but I love that. I love Justin Bieber right now. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome for that. You're welcome. Your kids are going to start playing that every time Mm -hmm. they come to class. Yes, they are. No, that's good. Okay. Um, The last question is... Um, for online teaching, is there anything that the school district had done differently to help out students? <laughs> I don't know if we can ask that. No? <laughs> no, they, okay. they do work for the <laughs> district. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and they mind. did not That's open it. that can of worms. Yeah. Um, what could we have done differently? Okay. First of all, every I, kid should have the same device and same internet access. That's yeah, top that makes of sense. the list. And the other thing I would, and then this, maybe these are the only two we you talked about. You go for about. it. Okay. okay. So, <laughs> did she just tell me not to go further? <laughs> I'm saving you. Okay. okay. Uh, no, every device for sure. And then also, I wish they would have had a different school schedule for us. Amen. Instead of a 7.30 to 2.30 every day yeah. schedule. I think that was a lot for students and teachers to try to manage all at once. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Those would be the two, Those top, would be the the two top things. Yeah. yeah. There's others, but Miss Grody told me not to. So <laughs> I won't. That's all I got to say about that. She's <laughs> saving your skin. <laughs> she is. She normally does, by the way. She's like, don't send that. <laughs> don't do this. I'm going to send don't this text. No, don't do it. Don't do it. Mute the button. <laughs> Was that the last question? Yeah, that was it. I have a question, (laughs) though. I always ask this question because I just find it interesting. So, what's your guys' favorite color? (laughs) That's just interesting to me. How about I tell you Miss Grody's, and then she tries to tell you. Am I going to get it wrong? I'll try. Let's see who knows who better. Oh, okay. No. Oh, I should have made a game out of that. Oh, well, it's okay. That would be a fun <laughs> game. That would be a fun game. <laughs> well, most people would think Miss Grody's favorite color is teal because it's on everything she owns. <laughs> However, that is not her favorite color. And then some kids would think it was purple because that's the only color ink that she uses when she grades papers and expo markers. That's her favorite expo marker. So when I really want to make her mad steal her purple pens <laughs> but her favorite color is red yes true true i'm gonna get this wrong i feel like such she a is. loser right now i, set I this feel up. like so, you did you I set did. it up so good with all that stuff um okay i'm gonna kind of use your strategy some people would think miss hendrickson's favorite color is green because she wears a lot of green but that's not it right look at her trying to read right? me <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna say I'm going to get it wrong. I'm going to say your favorite color is blue. 
It's not blue. Is it yellow? It's not yellow. You don't like to wear it yellow. Is it yellow. is yellow. She loves sunflowers. <laughs> I do. But she refuses to wear yellow. I don't ever so wear yellow. So that's why I doubt myself because my- she's like, no, no yellow. But No, because if I wear yellow, it makes my skin look green and I look like I have COVID or something. <laughs> it's just weird. But that's why I get thrown off. Yeah, I don't but wear yellow. Yellow's her favorite. She loves sunflowers. That's how I, that's how sunflowers. I could remember that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's it. <laughs> Great question, Bailey. Thank you. <laughs> That's really the end of our friendship. friendship. That's the end of the friendship. <laughs> We're done. I got it. I got you to did. it. You did. I got to you it. You got it. I knew it was red. I knew it was red before I worked my way to red. She did. She didn't did. have to think about it. Nope. It's red. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you guys for coming. This was like, this was really fun. I really like this. I really like your guys' energy. Like, you can't have one without the other. It's like, it'd only be half of a duo if it was just one of you. So this was Weird. really fun. Thanks. Thanks, Thanks for inviting guys. us. Thanks for having us. We, I, I, it was good to get out of the house. It was. <laughs> I was so glad you were open plants. to both of us coming, too, because oh, yeah. it's just, you're, yeah, it's, it's who we are. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Yeah. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for doing the podcast because I think this is pretty amazing stuff. It and is. I think you guys are you're <laughs> nailing it. Make sure you guys drop us a follow on Instagram and Spotify at High School Transcript. And be sure to keep an eye out for our new episodes as they're released every Wednesday and Sunday. See you guys next time.